when it comes to image, it feels like it's a very confusing time right now, right? On one end of it, there feels like there's a lot of fakeness. We don't know what's real. There's a lot of fillers and filters and surgeries, what have you. Then on the other end of it, we have this sweep of body acceptance and positivity that in and of itself often feels very confusing, right? And is always trying to dictate what our ideals and our standards should or shouldn't be. Well, to all of that, to all the above, when it comes to ideals and standards and body image, to all of y'all, I say, take a back seat just for today. This is my story. Everybody, welcome to episode 200 of Cancel Me Baby on all things Operation Sex Goddess Body. Guys, I can't believe it. I have to tell you, and you can probably hear it in my voice, I'm actually a little bit nervous to do this episode. For those of you who may not have listened to my show, which where have you been for the last three years? I will take that up with you later. I feel sorry for your soul. But for those of you who need to be uh, in the loop, um, and as my, my tried and true viewers know, for the last year, this oddly enough marks one year of Operation Sex Goddess Body. I have gone on a body transformation hard-earned journey that has been one of a lifetime. It has been a mental journey, a physical, obviously, journey, um, an emotional journey. And it's obviously something I've thought a lot about. And in a weird way, I've almost been procrastinating doing this episode as invested as you guys are and how excited I've been to share it with you. Because when something's so near and dear to your heart, you're like, how the hell do I even begin to articulate this, but by golly, we're going to give a stab at it today because it's my party. And as aforementioned, I can cry in all the protein powder that I want to. And I even got the, I'm decked out today with the glitter, you know, in cancel me baby form in celebration of one year of operation sex goddess body of the 200 episode landmark of cancel me baby, because we go big or we go home. I don't want to go home, you know, me have fun. And I don't want to go home. As Jason Derulo said, I think I butchered the lyrics, Jay. I'll take that up with you later. But yes, I'm celebrating here in style today. And we are going to get into all things at last Operation Sex Goddess Body. So how things are going to roll today, it's going to be a little bit different than the typical cancel me baby episode. I'm going to jump off with it is it's little it is going to be a journey. It's going to be a journey of the times and one that won't be rewritten like a roll doll children's book. You know what I mean? Like one that'll truly stand the test of time. So I'm going to begin by telling you how it all started and why, what was going on for me personally. Keep in mind, I'm an Aquarius. So vulnerability is my arch nemesis. Okay. So we're going to get, but like I said, in the spirit of community and in all things sex goddess body, we're going to go there. Um, so I'm going to tell you where I was personally, again, what was going on in the social climate. I'm going to get a little bit into the process of Operation Sex Goddess Body and where we're all at today um, with the outcome and and where it's, it's landed me and how it showed me so much. So without further ado, where uh, this journey started to transform everything. And by the way, it has 
changed everything. Like I know I'm Aquarius, but I might, I might get a little emotional today. We shall see. So, um, well, first of all, my back story, right. And the backdrop of constantly, you know, being on red carpets in Hollywood and in the mix with celebrities and always, even back then trying to discern what was real and what was not right. I mean, these are the people, and especially now, like I said, with Instagram, everything is to the nines contrived, calculated and filtered. Like we don't actually really know what's real. It's what we say all the time, you know, with social media, it's people's highlight reel. And with Hollywood, it is the epicenter of that, right? What these celebrities were really like versus what they would put out and their image and just the fakeness of it all. And even when I would go out with just me, myself and I with my phone and a selfie stick to get to the human of it. It was trying to crack through that wall, right? And get to what was real and human. But it felt like as the years had gone on, it just got worse and worse. Again, it's impossible to tell what's real. Like not even, you know, Nick Cage and National Treasure could crack that shit regardless of how you feel about that movie. There was all that going on, right? And and again, looking at the world of celebrity and how it had trickled into our lives with influencers, with everyday people. I see it with goddamn teenage girls. Like you have no business posting up here with all these filters, like embrace the acne embraces girls because mark my words, you won't get that time again for better or worse, right? So again, everybody putting up this facade and me seeing it up close and personal all those years in Hollywood where so much of it stems from. Then, you know, I would see as of late in the last few years, realizing everyone's starting to look the same. It freaked me out. It was like, oh my God, like this is an AI machines dream come true. They're just spitting out these robots on here. Like it is the Westworld sequel. We didn't know we need. Everyone started looking the same, right? With the over the top plastic, you know, titties and lips and the small nose and the contoured faces. Like I remember talking to Victoria Justice, who's a huge actress on a red carpet, funny enough. She, I was at the very end of the carpet, like may as well been the bus boy. And by then she had talked to all these outlets. She was over it. Her eyes were glazed over and I was on my selfie stick with her and I'm asking her questions. I can tell she's on Saturn. So I say to her, what's really on your mind? And she just breaks through. She resurrects and comes to life and rises from the dead and ends up going on this whole tangent about how she's so fed up with young girls and their obsession with Facetune and Photoshop and having to look perfect, right? So this was a huge and is a huge part of what we're seeing all the time going on, the carbon copies of it all. And it's sad when you're watching something like I Know What You Did Last Summer or I Know 210 and you're like the human of it all, like let me reach in and touch you, right? And by the way, when it comes to surgeries, I'm not talking about one-off enhancements that of course you can't obtain naturally, right? Say a one-off nose job or a boob job. I'm talking about the fact that when I go on Instagram, influencers, non-influencers, everyone looks the goddamn same and it's terrifying. And it's even trickled into Hollywood now too. Everyone looks the same again with the little nose and the big lips and the big tits and the big ass and the small waist and the whole thing. It's why when you watch even something from the nineties, it's so refreshing. You're like, oh my God, that's natural and real and what a human looks like. So yes, 
It's not one-off surgeries here and there. I have no problem with that. If it's what you want and it'll make you feel more confident, go for it. It's the fact that it's become absolutely excessive. And when it comes to excessive editing, I've even started to follow these accounts that blow the lid off of all of these so-called fitness influencers who literally have the audacity to edit their bodies in their photos. You should all be ashamed of yourselves. You are complete frauds. You are building a life and a career off of selling the idea to people that this is how you get this body. Meanwhile, editing your shit, there is literally a special place in purgatory for you. Do you guys remember that whole controversy with Khloe Kardashian where she was crying victim of being unable to perpetually keep up with these beauty standards on Instagram and all this? And anyone with a brain was looking at it and going, are you serious? You're the ringleader in chief of all of this. You edit all of your shit. Who are you kidding? And now it's trickled down to young people. I was watching that Bama Rush documentary on HBO and it's so sad. There's a segment where the girls show how they edit all of their bodies in their photos, their arms, their waist. And it's extremely detrimental because young people are looking at this and thinking that it's real. So what happens when you're on a wild goose chase to obtain this thing that's not even real? I think it's extremely problematic and concerning. So there's that aspect of our society and our climate when it comes to how we look and, and the fakeness, to be blunt, of it all. And then on the other end of it is what I alluded to earlier. I even talked about it in my last episode. Contrary to that, and oddly enough, like we have both of these going on contradictory in the same climate, is the sweep against beauty standards or beauty norms are looking perfect to the body acceptance and the body positivity, which in many ways, in my mind, in some ways, it's, it's gone too far. It's the exact opposite of the other extreme. It's like the shameless, take me exactly as I am and I don't have to do a goddamn thing. And in fact, if you don't not only accept it, but completely worship it and glorify it, you are hateful, you're a phobe, you're a bigot, you're all kinds of things, right? And I can understand why the pendulum has, has swung this way in reaction to all of the standards throughout the years. But again, this is where I don't think that it's healthy in a lot of ways and where it has gone too far, right? And it's also been very confusing because they will put down traditional standards to celebrate other standards. And my whole thing is and has been, you know, you can have your ideal, you can have your standard, but don't invalidate mine. And the perfect example of that is the reference I made in my last episode with Billie Eilish, right? How Billie Eilish like ditched her garbage man clothes to try to do a little like, you know, curve, show her little boobs, be a little feminine. And she got backlash for it being like, what are you doing? Right. So we're also in this climate where if you fit any sort of traditional ideal or standard, you're a sellout. And it just feels like what happened? Like, I thought that this was body acceptance, like accept all. And if you have your own ideal and you're working it and you got it, I think that that's great. When it comes to that, it's not that I inherently have anything wrong with it. In fact, last night I was at CMA Fest here in Nashville and my, oh my, I'll tell you the gals, all shapes and sizes, they were coming out and showing out. Like we're talking the midriff, we're talking the booty short Daisy Duke denim cutoffs with all sorts of shapes and sizes coming out. And I'll tell you, they were working it. And I wasn't like, oh, that's grotesque. I was like, all right, you go girl, you're owning it. You're owning that. 
that confidence and you are owning that moment. So I don't have anything wrong with it. My problem is with forcing everyone's ideals onto each other. So I'm looking at all of this, right, going on and thinking, how can I take all of this and make it my own and make my own version of it in a way that feels real and empowering to me, right? We always hear like, what's empowering? What's empowering? And again, it always feels like on both ends of ends of it, it's like shoved down our throats. Again, like it has to be this, it has to be that. And it's like, you do you and let me do my thing over here. But again, don't make mine less than. So what is really empowering in that? Now, where I was in life personally, again, all of this was kind of like a perfect storm, right? Because again, what was going on like culturally and socially, and then what was going on on the pullout couch, I was sleeping on after COVID, I shit you not. So you guys may not even know this about my story, but it, one day it'll all be out there. I promise again, you gotta, you gotta crack that, gotta crack that Aquarius shell like a nut. You know what I mean? Not in the sexual way, busting it. Okay. We're not even going to go there, but you know what I mean? One day it'll all be out there, but look, you know, it was a rough time, right? The pandemic had basically like kicked my ass. The entire entertainment and Hollywood industry was blown to smithereens. So I roughed it out in Hollywood and for a couple months throughout 2020, and then decided to move back home with my parents. And anyone who knows me will tell you, I was probably the least likely person to ever move back home. I'm always someone who was an overachiever. When all the kids after high school, senior year were enjoying their summer, I literally went to college early, graduated college early to join the workforce, and then took a leap of faith, moved to LA to build a life and a career for myself, you know, knowing nobody having no family out there and after everything I'd built again was basically taken right out from under me and almost at you know back to square one so this was not a decision that I made lightly so in this period this is when I had started shooting my show but ultimately we wound up uh it's a long story basically I was sharing a one bedroom rental in Florida with my parents because they were in the midst of moving what have you and I was sleeping on the pullout couch in said apartment. So I'm sleeping on a pullout couch. Okay. I'm thinking to myself, I've gone from front row at the Oscars and the Emmys to an actual pullout couch where it's like, I can't even like change my pajamas in peace because my mom is over here watching HGTV. Like it's no one's business on my head, right? Like privacy doesn't exist. So a blow to it, my ego, a blow to my soul. Yes. What have you entrepreneur life. And on the side I was literally working at a hot yoga place, again, like reminiscing on being at the most glamorous red carpets as I'm sitting there wiping, you know, 56-year-old Rhonda's sweat who had just come in from Boca and like really needed the session that day, right? Like off of the mats. So all of this was kind of going on and I uh, was in quite, quite, quite a moment in life and also... At this point, I had known that in a in a few weeks, months time, I was going to be, you know, picking myself up as I have many times in my career and moving to Nashville and kind of having a new lease on life, right? So all of this is kind of going on at once. And I thought, you know, the universe may have like tried to kick my little ass that's soon to be a Barbie bubble kick ass ass, okay? So how do I pick up, have a new chapter and, you know, pull myself up by the bootstraps and, and, you know, really come in hard. So that's kind of where Operation Sex Goddess Body started. And on a, on an entrepreneurial 
content front, right? The idea of building this brand that really makes no apologies, like cancel me, baby. You know, I had built it at my parents' home up north in New England, then in Florida from the pullout couch and um, bringing it to Nashville. And I thought this is a platform that is all about, again, making no apologies, you know, and that's where really the idea of like having the boobs and the body in your face as much as the brains. And let's be real, you know, having this presence in media that I was, that I was and am really striving for. And it's like I said, in my last episode, it is a visual medium and really reaching the potential of that. And I know a lot of people when they go on fitness body uh, transformations or journeys, especially women, they'll always say things like, you know, it was for me and I wanted to be strong. And like, yes, all that's true. It was for me. I wanted to be strong, but I'm going to keep it a hundred at here, you know, here at cancel me baby. As I do, I want it to be hot. I wanted to like, just look and feel really hot. And at the same time, have the brains to back it up. So it actually, it didn't start as Operation Sex Goddess Body. It actually started as Barbie Butt Journey because what some, so if you haven't met me in person, I'm five one, you know, I got a little something, something going on. You know, my mom is an Italian immigrant, food is life and that's how we roll, right? And I'd always taken care of myself and I'm really lucky because I grew up with a mom who instilled such positive um, body and self-esteem, like body image um, ideals in me. So I know that that exists and and I, you know, uh, like struggles with that. And I'm lucky enough, one of the lucky enough women to say that I've had really positive role models and myself have had, you know, great body image. So I've always taken care of myself, but this is unlike anything I've ever done, right? Like I would do the occasional soul cycle. I would have the occasional green juice, um, but never anything as hard as this. So what my goal was, you may be wondering, my goal was really to carve this body that was like a Barbie almost. And it really, it started again as the butt thing, right? Cause I already had the boobs thing going for me. So I started an album. I still have it in my phone called my butt journey. And I would like go through Instagram and look at all these like really fit tone. Again, we're not talking stick thin here, like really toned and lean. I wanted to lean out my butt and my legs and have that like shelfy real bubble butt and, and tone and lean out my legs. And again, with all this, it's so interesting because you would think that shamelessly going for this body type and like fitting this ideal quote, so to speak, would piss off the feminist or woke people being like, why are you trying to fit a male standard? Right. Or, you know, conservative women who, you know, if you're, <laughs> if you're not churning butter that day, you're not of use. No, I'm, I'm joking, but you know what I'm saying? And this is where I'm going to get to at the end of this journey, we're all going on together. It was nothing but the opposite, which is so wild and so cool and fulfilling. And I'm going to explain to you why, but, but the outcome and the reaction I got from, from people, from all kinds of people, uh, has been wild. So again, it's like what I said on Instagram. I mean, who would have thought if you are here, if you're an OG listener, if you are new, welcome, but like sex operation, sex, goddess body, the thing to unite America, the, <laughs> the United States citizens. I mean, who would have thought? So how did the process start again? Like I said, this is unlike anything I'd ever done. So I had reached out to a couple people who were really well-versed in fitness, you know, a really good friend of mine who, who I used to live with in LA and is now a certified trainer. She's worked for Rumble Tonal. So I would ask for her input. Other people in my lives, in my life who um, 
again, have been training their whole lives. I would follow fitness influencers and, you know, save and save the tabs on different butt and glute workouts that they were doing. And I'm not going to give all my secrets away today. Again, this is just like intro to Operation Sex Goddess Body in the big picture, because I think ultimately what I'm going to do is create some sort of guide for the every woman like me, like you guys who want to do this to really get in the nitty gritty. But this is just an overview, right? So obviously the workout routines were absolutely relentless. Like I would go two hours a day. Sometimes I would go for an hour and a half in the morning and do weights, go to my side hustle or shoot, shoot, cancel me, baby. You know, with Dave Portnoy, like the things you don't know, the things that you don't know, you know, and then go to my side hustle, cleaning up yoga mats and bathrooms in a yoga place. And then at night do go back at 11 at night and do my half hour of cardio. Right. So I was really trying to fine tune exactly what my body needed. And it was such a process because I remember my first few times in there, I was like, um, like I was fumbling around with my protein powder and a Ziploc bag, like lost Bambi in this locker room being like, everyone's looking at me. My protein powder is going everywhere like a hot mess. I would go up to women and people, sometimes men too, and reluctantly, but I would do it, you know, who had these bodies being like, how do I do this? Can you show me how to do that? You know? And it was also a function of figuring out exactly what I needed because I knew that I didn't want to bulk up. Like I'm already five one and like, am I trying to get that vibe of the blueberry girl who blows up in Charlie and the chocolate factory? Not today. Right. So I knew I didn't want to bulk up. So again, when I say fine tuning, it was such an ongoing and frustrating process of what was working and what was not working. Cause often you'll see these influencers and they're, they, they are literally like Hulk Hogan out here. They're like pushing 500 pounds. Right. And that's cool and all. And I would sprinkle that in, but again, cause I'm so short and I didn't want to bulk. I more wanted to lean and tone. I would only do that intermittently. My whole gig is resistance training, right? Which is maybe doing like three, 400 reps of something, but not doing as heavy of weight. So needless to say, over time, I became really well-versed in this, but it was such a process. I would stick with one sort of regimen for however long and see my body would react a certain way. Oh, I'm getting a little bulky here, a little whatever there. And then I would pivot and try some other things. So again, it's certainly not instant. It's just something that again, you have to be really dedicated and committed to and be on the ride. And I also think that the reason, and I'm going to get to this, but that it resonates with so many people is because we're in the era of instant gratification. It really speaks to the value of committing to something and accountability and the dedication to get there and achieving it. Because there were so many times I was like, fuck this. Like I'm busting my ass. I remember the first, like the second day I was so dehydrated. I was like doing these kickback blue things. And I literally was seeing stars. I was like, I was listening to music and I'm like, one Republic. Hello, John Mayer. Is anybody in there? Like, are these the voices in my head? Like I was so dehydrated. I was lost. I can, I was confused and even cut to, you know, weeks and months in, I wasn't getting what I wanted right away. And I thought, why isn't it happening? I would look at the pictures in my album, right. Of inspo and be like, why aren't I there yet? And it just really forced me to commit and never gave up. And I didn't, no matter what it was, if there was a family function that day, if, 
I joined Elon on SpaceX that day. Like no matter what it was, I would carve out, you know, that hour to two hours to, to do my thing and make it happen. And ultimately I got there. Um, and that's why also it was so fulfilling because I, people had told me like, and by the way, I didn't see any personal trainers. I did all of this basically on my own with input. And, and some of you guys too, on Instagram who, who have backgrounds in personal training or whatever, who would give their input. And I love that. But, um, I did all of this on my own and people would tell me who are experts, like what you're looking to do, this could take eight months to a year. And now I'm in the fine tuning. Like I said, now I'm kind of in the maintenance mode, but for the most part, I'd achieved what I wanted in about five months. So if you put your mind to it, kids, you can do it on the food front too. This was like a whole other ball of wax, but in short, I basically went rogue and I cut out sugar and carbs. So I was the no fun club at every part and alcohol too. I had not cold Turkey, but for the most part, I would look at what I was drinking. I was looking at net carbs. Like I was that no fun girl at the party who, when the sliders show up, I was like, do you have a lettuce wrap? Like this, this was, and continues to be my aesthetic. Although I've incorporated carbs a little bit more now. Um, but yes, that was the vibe. And protein, like protein, the size of your house. Okay. Like that's how much protein you need in a day until you want to throw up until you want to keel over. Like, it doesn't matter. Like your last words will literally be, where's the protein, right? If you're going to be on this journey. And I had even looked into different supplements, which I hate. Cause I literally, unless there's a sledgehammer in my skull, I'm the kind of person who won't even take a Tylenol. Like, this is why I was so weirded out and so vocal when all the vaccines were being pushed because it just ain't my job. Like I don't like shit in my body that wasn't meant to be there. You know what I mean? Unless like certain things, you know, I alluded to earlier when you're in the bedroom, but that's neither here nor there, but foreign objects, if you will, you know, in there. Um, I definitely look at very closely and I, I looked at those too. And again, I asked experts, I started taking things like creatine and, uh, ladies, if you have any questions, I love the brand first form. I was starting to take some of their like metabolizing, um, like fat burner type things every time I would work out. And even that term freaked me out. I was like fat burner. Like, I don't want to lose weight. I just want to tone. I just want to sculpt. I was literally up in GNC, like some kind of mad scientist. I even tried all of these different recovery powders, some of them gnarly tasting. I literally looked actually like the Tin Man because I had to wear a knee brace in the beginning because my joints were like, what are you doing? What is this? It was a whole situation. And you know, all these, I had to get over all of these fears basically. And I did it. And again, now it's second nature. It is so fulfilling because I'll never forget, you know, when I first stepped into the gym and I was again, like a deer in headlights, I like, before I got hit by the truck, that was the weights that day that Bambi eventually, you know, her mom fell victim to, but I would go in and again, reluctantly or kind of, you know, in a shy way, be like, how are you doing this? You know, I'm on this journey and I'm really trying to get this. And how do you do this? And how do you look like this? And I would, in some cases, literally be like, watch me do it. Am I doing it right? And then you would cut to a couple months later and women and people would be coming up to me at the gym and asking how to do things. So it was really such a, you know, crazy 360 moment and really fulfilling and, um, really satisfying that I had done that in such a short amount of time. Oh, and also too, this was so cool because 
when I had started posting about this on Instagram early on in my journey, like I had said influencers like in on it, you know, like DMing me and like sharing it and being like, this is awesome. And like I said, perhaps what was so fulfilling is seeing the most unlikely people get so behind this journey and inspired by it. Um, oh, also the, the last thing um, I forgot to mention about the actual working out part was what I wore to the gym. So this again is like, the mentality of sex goddess body, right? It's just like owning that physical sexual power and not being afraid of it. So when I used to work out, I would literally be a hefty bag convention. Like I would wear the baggiest clothes. It was not cute. You know, it just, it was not the vibe. I challenged myself to be like, okay, if you're really going to step into this, do that. So I would start working out in these kind of like booty shorts and these hotter outfits. And it's crazy what it'll do because you're looking at yourself in the mirror and again, how it's been such a journey. But in the beginning, I remember I worked out one day in these tiny uh, booty shorts from offline. I think that's the brand. And I was so hard on myself. I was like, you know, I remember I went back that day and almost like cried thinking, you know, why wow, that's not, I should look better by now. I'm putting so much work in. I got to look like those other girls. And wh why doesn't it look like that yet? To now again, where outfits like that, I look in the mirror and when I'm working out or not, it inspires me, it pushes me to go harder. And it just, again, like everything else, the food intake, the way of life, the lifestyle, all of it has just become second nature. So it's really cool. And it allows me to step into that to that power fully and lots of water too, as you know, literally I sound like Jillian Michaels and Martha's love child, but we're here for the vibe today. You know, I'm wearing this glittery, glittery bedazzled shirt and anything goes. So how this all panned out and where I am now and the outcome of this, of this journey. So I have to tell you, and this isn't meant to be a, you know, <laughs> campfire side, you know, chat kumbaya, but it changed everything. It changed everything from the inside out. I mean, I had this not only because of how I looked, but knowing that I had accomplished this and I had done that, I had this newfound lust for life and confidence and it poured into everything. It poured into day-to-day -day interactions, you know, with my, you guys know, like the hottie androgynous Starbucks barista. It's like, we don't really know where they're going, but we're here for the vibe. Like there's something about that big dick energy on that gal or that they, that just gets you. You know what I mean? Like it could be at Starbucks. It could be as something as showing up in a work meeting and I would just have fun. It was like playing with the universe. And I didn't even care about the outcome because I felt so fearless there was just something about it. I remember when I first moved to Nashville, I had a meeting at the CMT headquarters in downtown uh, Nashville. And I just was owning it. I was wearing these small, like Britney Spears jeans. And I was wearing this pink top with no bra. Again, all part of Operation Sex Goddess Body as I have. And I just had the best time in that meeting. Normally, it's like you're pitching yourself and you want to make sure everything's right. And I just didn't give a fuck. That I went into that office. It was like the walking dead apocalypse. I even said to them, I was like, what is anyone alive? Like it's, it was quiet. It was everyone in their cubicles. And I had just gone in there and like lit it up. Like I just was having the best time talking about, you know, what I've done and my message and my platform. I didn't even care about the outcome, like things like that. The way people reacted around me was wild. 
it was everybody from, and the people who were inspired by it. Right. And I think in part, it's because again, of what we've so lost sight of in our society is that value of putting the work into something when we're so used to getting everything we want so much right away, instant gratification, whether it's likes on Instagram. And again, when it comes to body image, it's like, right, I'll just go get that surgery or on the other end of it, right. I don't have to work for anything. It's just perfect. Take it as it is. You know, I think there's real value again in having the real motivation and commitment to something and seeing it through, right. And putting in that hard work and seeing the outcome. So I would have people, God, I mean, I would have plus size people. I would have family members who've struggled with weight their whole lives. Um, again, you know, the feminists, I would have the conservatives, perhaps my favorite of all was even men, men and dudes and guy friends who would come up to me or DM me and be like, dude, this is inspiring. I'm going to do sex God body. Right. And it's all because of that. It's like what we can unleash again, when we put our minds to something and get to the best, most optimal version of ourselves and see it through in a time when no one gives a shit about anything. It's like, let's be real, you know, like this is a whole other ball of wax, but like the laziness and the entitlement beyond the body image, whether it be work challenges, whatever it is, like no one cares to see and, you know, ghosting people. It's like, there's no accountability for anything anymore. So I think that there's real value in that. Um, that shouldn't be overlooked. And that's really important, you know, beyond, and, and it's in anything in life, like what, whatever you want to achieve, uh, want to achieve. So that's something that I think to spoke, that spoke to people. And secondly, I think is the image of it all, right? The reason, especially now that I so fiercely play up the Barbie persona, the Barbie brains persona is because I know that people will look at me and think a certain thing. They'll have misconceptions and mischaracterizations right away, right? She may, she's probably not that smart. She's probably not that bright. There's probably not that much more to her. And then when they see my brains and I bring that out there, like I'm laying that on thick and they're surprised by that, it is the most fulfilling thing ever. I love surprising people by that. And I think that that's something, again, that inspires even men, right? Because the misconception of what they may look like and breaking out of that and the Barbie persona, right? The idea, again, of this traditional beauty standard, right? Barbie always gets so much shit because it's the male standard or archetype of what a woman should be. So automatically it's pit into that idea of, oh, not very bright, must be a bimbo, probably isn't very smart. And that's why I think it is empowering for people and women of all shapes and sizes and colors and political backgrounds to be like, you know, that women have been pegged in that box by that image for so long and breaking out of it and showing you can be more than that is fire. Like that shit is so empowering because it's breaking out of that misconception. And in fact, beyond surprising people in the moment at face value, 
having those conversations again, whether it be person in a personal setting, professional setting, like I literally get off. I get off to it. Like it is my fetish is surprising people in this way. Like I can see them. I see that they look at me and see a certain thing, you know, and I've changed everything in this, even the way I dress the stuff that I wear. Now I used to be Stevie Nicks's stage double. Okay. With drapey black shit all the time. And now the stuff I wear that shows, but that shows boob that shows this, I can see them looking at me, but then I can hold a conversation about current events and politics and what's going on and, and share my input. And suddenly they're drooling with their mouths on the floor, not knowing what to do. It is tried and true fetish. Like add, add that subcategory to Pornhub. Thank you very much. And by the way, who decided that? Who, where did this all come from? Who decided that if a woman is hot and sexy, she can't possibly be smart? Think about it. I don't see this ever being the conversation around good looking dudes. And it's in so many still cultures around our world. Even in our, when you think about the Amish, right? Women modestly dressed head to toe. And it's like, when did this start of putting women in this box, right? to contain their sexuality and their power as if they can't possibly be both. And now we make these snap judgments. Well, you know what? I like being in both. And I love being in both of those full on. I love my intellectual side. Writing, for instance, is my first love. And I love the Barbie side too. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's also in turn, because I've leaned so much into this physical transformation in this journey and this aspect in my presentation, it's made me lean more into the intellectual. It's like, okay, let me see what else I can do. And again, it's not only on the physical side going, I'm wearing all these things and I'm empowered in this way. I never thought I would be wearing these things to the gym, wearing these things to events. It, intellectually, it's done the same thing. It's been like, okay, what can I do? How can I prove people wrong even more? So I'm going to lean into topics I never in my wildest dreams thought I would. I'm going to lean into politics and social issues and things like wars going on and CRT and book burning in and ideologies and all these things. I mean, I'm reading a book right now about the founding fathers. Okay. So Operation Sex Goddess Body during the day and reading about the founding fathers at night. That is Operation Sex Goddess Body. So again, just blowing my own mind of all these things. I remember because I first started this as a pop culture show and naturally pop culture and politics now for better or worse are one and the same. And when things started getting more political, I remember thinking to myself, that's not my wheelhouse. I, I know I have opinions about it, but I can't speak to that. And look at me now. So I want to thank you all for being such fierce supporters and believers in me. And I hope that this inspires you. And if you ever have any questions about the specifics of what I was doing, you know, me casa is to casa. You hit me up anytime and go on your own sex goddess and God uh, journeys of your own, I hope. But I will say that again, it has changed everything. It allows me to create my own idea of what power can be. And in the end and in the big picture, I think it's really important because right now, socially, culturally, in so many ways with body image and beyond, everybody is barking at everyone. And again, dictating how to be, how to live, what to do, what to think. 
And if there's anything that you take away from Operation Sex Goddess Body, whether it be your protein intake, whether it be how many hip thrusts or squats you're doing that day, I hope that it really is just the power of what you can do, what you can do. You can look back and go, I did that. I achieved that. And you know what? Nobody can take that away from you. So here's two cancel me baby operation sex goddess body all of you guys who've been along for the journey and uh hey cheers to that and to the next 200 i'll see you next time